People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk family with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or on our website to hear us three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And also follow us on Facebook. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our soon-to-launch YouTube channel, and now on with this week's show. Continuing best wishes for happy holidays, Brothers Talk family. Wherever you're listening in around the world, in the car, the gym, the den, the kitchen, barber or the beauty shop, in the backyard, on the corner, or wherever you engage your relevant conversations to spur critical thinking and activism to support the Black community. And as always, we welcome first-time listeners, and we hope you're also enjoying a festive season. And we look forward to you joining us in sharing enlightened conversations and in promoting new and existing Black business opportunities to empower and enrich our community. That's a great gift that we can give to each other and a great way to start off a new year coming up. Now, it's hard to know what else to say to encourage those of you who still haven't gotten your COVID vaccinations or your boosters, but all we can really do is keep highlighting the science. The same science that you'll want to depend on if you get sick that says this is your best option for not getting the disease, and even if you do, that you won't need to be hospitalized or better yet, you most likely won't die from it. We're in the thick of the holidays, and while we're getting together, you don't want to be the one infecting family members, especially our medically fragile seniors. So please remember you can still reduce your chances of getting any of the triple-demic, COVID, RSVE2, or the flu by getting vaccinated and wearing a mask. We can and we must do better. And now to my brothers in struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noam. To follow up on what you were saying, Rod, about uh, the pandemic, you know, we talk about this and we've been talking about the pandemic since the inception, since it started. But yet, uh, it's still here. And it's, I don't see it going anywhere because you got so many people quit whining and quit being little, acting like little kids and complaining about, oh, I don't like to wear a mask. No one wants to wear a mask. I'm, I don't like being vaccinated. I'm not going to get vaccinated. Yeah, that's just being selfish. Quit being selfish. This virus isn't going anyplace. Like Fauci said, if everybody just wore masks for a month, the virus, we could eradicate the virus. But you got too many uh, uh, selfish, ignorant people running around out here talking about their, their, their rights and that whole nonsense. But you got the right to give somebody the virus. So all I'm saying is, hey, at least wear your mask. Norm? Unfortunately, too many of the you know people in this country have to get sick and basically be on their deathbed until they realize you know the importance of cooperating and really taking care of themselves and and, and that's the unfortunate truth how many people have already died i think we passed a million mark already regarding deaths due to this virus and forget how many people are just sick and going to be sick long term because of it but unfortunately that's where we are as a nation and uh, on the other end of this thing, I just want to tell everybody, you know, it's the holiday season and let's support some black businesses and let's keep a, as much money as we can in our community. Rod. 
So as we wrap up the year and another season of podcasts, we're taking a look back at the year's 12 major issues, according to us. So as we close out our last two episodes, we'll feature each of us sharing a couple of issues each week. The first one for me should be no surprise. It's the ongoing controversy surrounding COVID. Specifically, I remain amazed at how many of us, especially us Black people, are listening to the conspiracy theories and ignoring science. I've got good friends who tell me straight up that they believe it's a man-made virus, but in the same breath, they say they don't trust the vaccines. Excuse me, but if you believe the science created a virus, then why wouldn't science be able to create a vaccine to counter it? And yes, there are a few who simply question the purpose of the vaccine, but to what end? Exactly what are the vaccines supposed to do that's supposed to be so negative and nefarious? And of course, none of their answers make any sense. But that's my number one issue for 2022. You know, uh, my number one issue is uh, why can't we do something about immigration? Uh, why won't they do something about immigration? You, you, when you have, when you send a message that, hey, it's okay to come over here and break into the country, come over here illegal, and get all the free stuff that you want. Uh, yeah, people are going to come. And they're coming from not just from, from the South. They're not just coming from Mexico. They're coming from everywhere. And we need some answers to what is the real issue here with passing comprehensive immigration laws because right now it's just running amok. amok. And what's happening is it's damaging more to me. It's, it's damaging the economy, but it's hurting Black folks and Black businesses more than anything. Because we're the first ones, we're the first jobs that they go after. Whatever, whatever, whatever occupation that's a low, low hanging fruit, that's appears to be what they go after, and those are the jobs that Black people typically have. And for my topic, I want to go with killing the nigger mind. In our community, our culture has basically been reduced to trash. The music that our young people are listening to, the films that our young people are watching, and what's acceptable on social media has totally contaminated our community, our neighborhoods, and really the minds of our young people. And we cannot move forward unless we actually get back to the basics of family structure and really talking positive about growing our communities forward and none of that's being done or explained to young people today as a goal and uh that would be my topic and my second issue this week is a continuing lack of substantive action by the biden administration and our congress addressing the most pressing issues facing black america we still don't have real voting rights legislation we still don't have effective policing reform we still don't see significant investment in the black community when once again it's patently obvious that the Democrats owe their political fate to us. The Senate would be back in the hands of the Repubs and the Biden administration would be in a world of trouble along with any hopes of his for enacting any of his policies. So while they're busy celebrating Warnock's win, we should be pressing the gas for our demands. They've already passed another bill authorizing almost unlimited financial support for Ukraine while we haven't heard a word about reparations. We have to get busy forcing the issue as the Black voting bloc that we are and demanding that they pay more than lip service to us who they cannot win without. 
Uh, one of my other topics is the fact that black people appear to always looking for a savior, to be looking for a savior. Just like we talked about with Deion Sanders last week and, and uh, they putting the weight of the black community on his shoulder. The same thing with Barack Obama. But one of the things that that that's curious to me is how the Clintons, Bill Clinton in particular, became this champion for black people. How black people, he's the first black president, this whole thing. Everybody just hold him in such high regards. But they're not looking at the policies that Bill Clinton in doing his presidency, the impact, the negative impact, it's almost incalculable what damage it did to black communities. I recently found out that this whole, you can't file for bankruptcy if you got a student loan, that happened under Bill, under Bill Clinton. When they put that whole thing together, the, uh, from what I read, well, it was a program on, on C-SPAN that somebody in the middle of the night put that, that that statement in that you can't file for bankruptcy if you have a student loan. That devastate, that's devastating young black people. You got an 8.3% interest rate. Why is that so high for people who are just getting out of college? And then welfare to work. Look what that did to black people. Uh, the three strikes you out. Look what that did to black people. Uh, the disparity between cocaine and, and crack. All of those policies were Bill Clinton policies. And I got to say that his policies actually has done more damage to the black community than any of the Republican uh, presidents. Scott, I definitely agree with you and Rod, and I kind of want to piggyback on both your issues because I want to go at the Democratic Party as well, but I want to do it from our end of it, our responsibility. We continue to talk about voting and the importance of voting. I want to change that discussion to the importance of actually having representation. That's what we should be discussing. We always want to push people to the polls and make sure you vote and do X, Y, and Z. We fought for it. We died for this and that. But we have to go beyond that at this point. We're not getting any representation. We're voting, but we're voting for our enemies. And as you just said, Scott, we're getting policies that are destroying us from the people that we're voting for. We have to be smarter than that at this point. We have to be more political at this point, And we have to be more aware of what we're doing, organized, and we have to move forward. And see, I think we have to lock in on all these points and how they kind of come together. Because, Norm, you said something earlier about, you know, how we need to kill the nigger mind. And that's a mind that allows the powers that be to force us into accepting the most negative of imagery and stereotypes and somehow glorifying them. Scott, you talked about us looking for these savior images. And so look at who they put forth as who those kinds of people are. They put forth these hustler rappers and people who don't have our best interest at heart. Norm, you and I talked earlier about how we have Barack Obama, who said he's not in favor of reparations. So I want to see exactly what he said about it, but it seems consistent with something that he said before. And so that just goes back to what you're saying, that we also have to stop allowing ourselves to go for the okie doke for the black faces they put in front of us. We really have to get to the point where we are demanding that the people who are supposed to be representing us, be they black, be they white, but especially if they're black, they must be more focused on doing what they need to do by us, that we cannot allow them 
to year in and year out go with putting everybody else's interest ahead of ours and we be willing to allow the few handkerchief heads who get elected to continue to play politics because that's all they really do. I mean, they'll come out and they'll show up on MLK Day. They'll show up at some black events. But when it really gets right down to it, you just saw this last appropriations bill set up. And I think, you know, you said, Norm, it's like $100 billion. To me, it's like a blank check. So where was the Congressional Black Caucus that's saying, no, we're not going to do this until we see some substantive legislation, something that's putting money back into black communities because we ain't lost nothing over in Ukraine. Ukraine is not doing anything to us. And so how is it that you can take our black kids and not educate them, but want to put them in the military and have them go and be ready to die around the world? But when they come home, you don't have a job waiting for them. You don't have housing waiting for them. You don't have anything other than this plethora of continued negative images and negative stereotypes that continue to keep us trolling at the bottom. Uh, you're, you're, you're exactly right, Rod. Uh, somehow, uh, even if white people got to start their own, own party, considering we uh, 90%, I think it's something like 90% of the black vote, uh, or maybe more, uh, go to the Democratic Party. So we are the most reliable voters, supporters of the Democratic Party, but yet we don't have any, any control, any input uh, in the decision-making. We're not at the table. Not anybody that, that represents my views, uh, our views, they're not at the table. You know, it, it's always somebody who is at the table who basically, basically selling white people out, you know, kind of thing. So we got to do something. We got to do better. We can't continually go along with this. what's happening now, going on down this path of just giving our vote, giving our support to people who are not supporting us. They're not even hiding it. They're not, they don't even pretend that, you know, the excuse is always, well, you know, we got to be, we, you know, we, we working for the whole country. Yeah, but the whole country, everybody in the country seems to be benefiting and advancing itself for black people. And we're the ones to keep putting you in office. You know, and I just had an idea here. What we really need is a PAC. And we need a, a PAC with a 10-point program, basically, so we can, we can subsidize and basically endorse candidates that meet our criteria. We don't really have a voice, a united voice, behind any candidates other than the ones that they put in front of us. So we have to do something to galvanize our community and to really organize so we can focus on the candidates that speak and represent us. And as a part of that, we have to disavow those who are being put in front of us that we know that they are just folks for the party line. I, I reference Nina Turner's election again in Ohio, where Nina Turner has been out front. I mean, yeah, she says some controversial things because she's more out front and outspoken, but she's not a part of the party establishment, which is why they basically took her out in the first place. She had actually been a representative from Ohio, but because she was doing more about trying to speak to black issues, they found another black face to put in ahead of her. And they put the black person in there who was actually taking money from the Republicans. And so, you know, if that doesn't tell you where that person stands, then 
it, it doesn't. And I mean, I'm just using Nina Turner as an example, simply because I'm as as both of you have said, we really need to vet these candidates more thoroughly. We need to make sure that they not only say the right things, but then they do the right thing. One of the good things about these two-year terms for the House of Representatives is that if somebody doesn't do what they promised to do after two years, put somebody else in there. We don't have to sit back and allow the wrong people to continually stay in there just like the the the, the rest of them do. You know, they're in there for eight, nine, ten terms. And it's like, well, what can you point to that they really did for the black community as a whole? Yeah, I understand that you're going to have folks like Maxine Waters who bring stuff back to her own district. And that's all well and fine. And But with the, when it comes to the greater good of them banding together, why call yourself a congressional black caucus if the only thing that is supposed to unite you is the color of your skin? Yeah, uh you know, we got to operate like we are in a state of emergency, which which we are, uh, because things are not getting better for black people in the black community. Uh, they seem to be deteriorating. And uh, how do we we may have to start collaborating with with, uh, you know, people like the Roland Martins of the world or or getting in touch with some other uh, like minded group of people who are fed up with this non sense that's happening and continue to happen we kind of like caught in this uh uh what do they call it this loop when they call it like when people get into this vicious cycle like in poverty we're in a vicious cycle and we've been in this vicious cycle for a long time where it's like uh it's either or you can't go to the other party because they have shown no interest in in helping you advance in any kind of way and so we keep voting for the same group of people, the same party, hoping that we're going to get some crumbs. At some point, they're going to give us some crumbs, but we haven't been getting even getting crumbs. You know, we haven't been getting anything. So we got to act like we're like the house is on fire, like at fire. Like I said, it's a a state of emergency for black people, and we got to do something. How we come together to do that? Uh, I don't know. We just got to keep talking about it, having a conversation about it, reaching out to other like-minded people and come up with a strategy, like you said, Norm, some type of strategy and some type of plan and figure out how to implement it so that black people know this is what we're going to do going forward. We're on the same accord and we need people in here who are looking out for our interests, who are going to support us, people who don't mind even talking about reparation. You got folks up there that won't even talk about it. So we need to get those kind of people. Maybe it not, it, it's not going to go any place, but at least let's have an intelligent conversation about it. Sounds good to me, Scott. Another one of my topics would be AFROCOM, which is a covert program that the U.S. government has on the continent of Africa with basically like 29 military bases and atrocities all over the place because of these secret um, programs that they're running over, all over the continent. They're, they're killing people. They're basically securing natural resources. And uh, we know nothing about what they're really doing there. They're spending billions of dollars there, and they're not there to help our people. And that is a longstanding history of the CIA and this country's government, that when we talk about needing to look into the actual history, that 
we ignore way too much of what our government has done to precipitate such anti-American feelings amongst people of color around the world. You know, we've had this mythology that has continued to allow uh, the, the dominant white culture to make themselves out the purveyors and safekeepers and police of the world's morality and spirituality when the truth of the matter is a lot worse, that they've done everything from fund assassination attempts and overthrow governments in these countries because they wanted access to the minerals and to the resources, especially in Africa, but also in South America. And they tried to do the same thing when they tried to get into Asia and the, the Southeastern Asian rim there, but they ran into opposition. And so those are the kind of things that if the truth be told, and if people would actually pay more attention, then they would understand that we have a history that causes us to be endangered around the world because we're not aware of the sort of things that our government has done, quote unquote, on our behalf. Yeah, um, with that whole situation there, uh, there's so many secrets, like the, the information that Norm gave up, just just talked about in terms of the 29 bases in Africa. I didn't know that. And and, and, and I guarantee you probably 90-something percent of the rest of the country didn't know that either. And so that's just one country that that we are we have an impact on. And because we are uh, creating opportunities with the economy, uh, that's part of the reason a lot of these bases are in some of these countries to kind of you know, uplift their economy so they can have some standard of living. But at the same time, because of the fact that that you're bringing an opportunity to these countries, they shouldn't have to turn the other way and the atrocities that Norm is talking about and watch people commit those atrocities just because they are benefiting from us having bases there. And, and you know, I don't know for sure but I'm pretty sure the same thing is happening in other de uh, developing countries around the world. I'm pretty sure we have bases in a lot of places that folks don't know about that's secret and they're doing who knows what at those bases in those countries. So look forward to it in the coming year, Brothers Talk family, that we are declaring intellectual and political war. And if you want to join in it as our combatant allies, those who are from other ethnic groups, do know this, that we are not going to fail to call out those quote-unquote Black leaders who do not stand for our best interests. And so this isn't about anything that would have to do with any of the Republicans or any of those folks who are sellouts like the Candace Owens and Larry Elders, but we're simply at a place now where we can no longer sit still and allow ourselves to drop further back in the race while everybody else is getting ahead. So you can depend on us going forward that we're going to call you out and we're going to make a point of working against you if you don't line up with making sure that you're doing the best for our community. So in our Black Business Spotlight, again, we encourage you, as Norm said, to support Black businesses. This is a critical time of year. And we made note of the 15% pledge that so many businesses have taken out to have 15% shelf space 
for black businesses and black business products. So take advantage of it. I mean, they've done that to make it easier for you to find places to spend our dollars so that, as Norm also said, we want to keep those dollars in our community just like other ethnic groups do. There's nothing wrong with that as a pursuit. And so we want to do that because it just makes good sense for our communities. That's a wrap for another program, and God willing, we'll keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Don't forget you can follow and communicate with us, sending your comments, questions, and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Until the next episode, as always, we sincerely appreciate your time and interest, and rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.